everyone, my name is Muskan Nanda and you're listening to Person of Influence, a podcast that discusses mindfulness, entrepreneurship, and leadership. Our first guest on Person of Influence is Dr. Allison Pimentel. With me, I have my good friend, Niela Sarmiento, who will be helping me to facilitate this conversation. Without any further ado, Allison, please introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, my name is Allison Pimentel, and I'm a psychologist and the program director of mindfulness programs here at the RISE Center. RISE stands for Resilience in Your Student Experience at UCLA. Great. How did you get started, and why mindfulness? I started meditating in high school, inspired by an aunt who meditated. Um, And it was a different kind of meditation than mindfulness. It was more of a concentration meditation practice. And uh, years later, when I was in graduate school for psychology, a friend gave me a book about mindfulness and as a gift. And um, I was just really inspired by the teachings and the lessons in that book. And I thought, I want to know more about this. I started taking classes at the local meditation center, silent meditation retreats, and I've been uh, practicing mindfulness ever since. Yeah, go ahead. Can you tell us, for people that are unfamiliar, what exactly is mindfulness? Yeah, it's a good question <laughs> because it's a word that's kind of thrown around now and it's so it's prevalent in the popular culture, but like you say, many people don't know what it is. So mindfulness is is basically it's a way of paying attention. It's a way of paying attention on purpose. And how how have you applied mindfulness to your daily life? Like, how, what does it mean to you? Mm. Well, I have a daily meditation, mindfulness meditation practice. I start every morning meditating, um, and that's the formal practice of mindfulness that's uh, been a part of my life for a long time. And then I practice mindfulness informally throughout the day, and you can bring it into any aspect of your life. So um, I also practice mindfulness by teaching mindfulness, and I find that sharing uh, about mindfulness, teaching other people, facilitating mindfulness workshops is a form of practice. Can you share a few ways that we can bring mindfulness into our lives? there's so many ways to cultivate mindfulness. I think, you know, the the most traditional way is by establishing what's called a formal meditation practice, where you set aside and protect some time in every day to sit in meditation. A lot of people struggle with that, and it's difficult to set aside that kind of time. So how do you practice mindfulness informally? Um, by really bringing that quality of attention to all of your activities. Um, You can dot mindfulness throughout your day, so at the end of the day, a picture emerges. Oh, that's beautiful. So, like journaling, instances when you've been mindful or where you could be more mindful. Yeah, I love that idea. Yes, I think part of, you know, when we we talk about mindfulness and when we... um, reflect on it and we share about it, it actually strengthens our mindfulness. So just a brief moment here, I want to talk a little bit about community and how UCLA has created this community for mindfulness. 
And this is for both of you. Do you find that having a community helps to deepen and develop your own individual practice? Yeah, well, I'm part of Mindful Ambassadors at UCLA, and Dr. Pimentel is actually the, the coordinator, supervisor, so she facilitates like a mindfulness session usually, and then we kind of talk about it and talk about how we've been mindful or finding ways to share mindfulness within like the UCLA community. Um, so that's been one of like my highlights of my college experience and you meet like really great genuine people. <laughs> well you said it's one of your highlights and it's definitely one of my highlights. Um, I love working with the Mindful Ambassadors, I love working with you, you bring such um, a depth, uh, you know, even though these are students who are undergrads for the most part, you know, may not be so old in years, they're very wise and um, have just a depth of commitment to this practice that's really beautiful to see and it's actually inspirational to me because um, I feel like, you know, the young people are our future and if these are the, the, the commitments that you're making now to, um, you know, to these qualities of compassion and presence and wisdom, mm -hmm. then that will serve us all well down the line, it, you know, and, as you move into leadership roles exactly. over the course of your life and career. Yeah, like personally, I found um, just having like a group to come back to, like on a weekly basis, really solidifies my mindfulness practice, because I know sometimes when I'm doing it alone, I'm just kind of like, am I the only person that's doing this? Like, this is weird. But then I, I come back and I talk about it and we have shared experiences or different experiences. And I realize like, oh, this is, this is a powerful technique. This is a powerful practice that I'm lucky enough to like go to a school where it's promoted and facilitated because a lot of people don't have that opportunity, um, which I guess would lead me to my next question. So what can you do to start your practice? Maybe even if you're skeptical or if people around you are kind of mm -hmm. saying like, that's weird, like, Oh, that's a religious practice or mm -hmm. all yeah. those misconceptions. Yeah, there and there are so many misconceptions about um, mindfulness. If you know, if, if there's even something in this conversation or something about what you've read about mindfulness in the past that kind of sparks your interest, then it's worth exploring that. You know, just like following your interest to see where it leads you. And I would say that, you know, you could do that here at UCLA, there are lots of opportunities. So the programming that we have here at RISE, the mindfulness programming is one way to get connected. There's also the Mindful Awareness Research Center here at UCLA Semmel Institute. Um, and they offer lots of courses and trainings that are free for UCLA students. There are also apps, you know, and many people really enjoy the use of apps to support their mindfulness practice. You know, there's you know, some of the big ones. I know you, you use Headspace, <laughs> Yeah, right? Headspace. There's Headspace, there's 10% Happier, there's Insight Timer. There, there are many different apps, and each of them are a little bit different, and they might, you know, meet your needs mm -hmm. in, a, in a particular way. And I think that, you know, meditating in a group, as we've already discussed, is a, is a way to kind of, like, get you into the flow and the current that might be harder to do on your own. That's actually a really great segue I know so many people struggle to sustain their mindfulness practice. And so do you have any tips on how to get people to come back to their practice after they've left it or just to restart it, hit the refresh button? It's a good question. And, you know, it, you can have the most sincere intention to practice and then life gets in the way. Consider why you, why you want to meditate. Like, what are your motivations? 
and really articulate those for yourself and then try to act in the service of those motivations. It's sort of like you make a broader commitment to a certain way of self-exploration and um, presence and then you try as best you can to honor that commitment knowing that you won't always be able to. You may miss a, a day of meditation, mm -hmm. um, you know, or a week or a month, you know, but, it, but if you, you just keep recommitting. I mean, it's not, a, it's not something that you just decide to do and then it's done and you're always doing, no, it's like, it's a, it's a practice. You've got to keep practicing. So just making the commitment over and over again to yourself, to your practice is what it takes. And, and as I said, you know, finding creative ways to do it. So, I mean, it won't look the same for everybody and that's okay. What do you suggest for our results-driven listeners? They are the kind of people who want to see some kind of result the next day, or at least a week down. And as we all know, mindfulness is not easily measured. It's very subjective, it's long-term, and it's not always something that everyone can easily fall into practice with. How can we motivate these people? I've heard it said that we don't meditate to become, we don't practice meditation to become better meditators. You know, people in like a perfect lotus position or, you know, perfectly erect spine or, you know, zero thoughts, you know, all of which are myths about meditation. <laughs> we don't meditate to become better, we don't practice meditation to become better meditators. We practice to become better at living, to live more fulfilling, stable, you know, wholesome lives. And I think that's the evidence that can help keep you on track, like you can notice over time. Um, you know, if, if your life is improving, if you're finding you're better able to regulate your emotions, uh, concentrate on your studies, um, feel connected to the people in the world around you, I think that's the evidence that you, that you can draw from to let you know if you're on the right path for you. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay, uh, Dr. Allison, last question for you. How has mindfulness and meditation informed your role as a leader and person of influence? Over time, my mindfulness practice has really helped me to become less reactive, to hold space for myself and other people without... Um, a lot of the tension and constriction that can come with, you know, interpersonal interactions. My mindfulness practice has um, led me to just know myself in um, deeper and more nuanced ways and so that I can bring that knowledge out um, in my roles as a leader and as a teacher. There's a certain um, authenticity that these practices have put me in touch with about myself that um, I find myself increasingly operating from and it feels really in alignment more and more with who I am, how I want to be. Gave me chills. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Allison, for your time, presence, and the immense wisdom you've shared with us. Once again, my name is Muskan Nanda and thanks for listening to Person of Influence.